Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbefe, on vSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line. Hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network here on this Saturday morning. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. I'm hanging out here at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Fun first hour. We have a fun second hour on deck. 15 minutes from now, Howard Eskin of 94 WIP Mm. in Philadelphia will join us. We'll break down Sunday night football. Dolphins, Eagles, a battle of five and one teams. We're not saying game of the year, Michael. We cannot say that because the last two games we've said that about they've been blowouts so we want this to be a good game so we're not going to say game of the year we'll just say hopefully it's a good game sunday evening and then also yeah. 30 minutes from now matt humans the host of v since tonight and also co-host of the college football betting podcast will join us in studio for his usual spot giving out his nfl and college football card but let's get to the lombardi look ahead and the game that you have circled as a game that you want no parts of happens to be in yeah. our producer's old neck of the woods yeah well i mean i, I wrote this uh Friday morning early and we didn't know where Deshaun Watson was and you know and we didn't know if PJ Walker was going to start and definitely when you look at Gardner Minshew's numbers you want no parts I, I hate to say this to you Ellie you want no parts of the Colts <laughs> in this game even though they're playing at home I mean Minshew's 2-11 and 11 straight up in his last 13 games he's 2-10 and 10 against the spread you want to bet him go ahead God bless you I don't so for me, it was like, okay, I get this. This is a tough one. And then you add in the, 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 the greatness of this Browns defense. Think about this, Femi. Mm-hmm. The Browns have only given up 200 yards passing in one game this year. That was oh. against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they had a 71-yard completion. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. The Pickens. And so, like, you, you can't throw the ball on this team. They've only given up 32 first downs over the last two weeks. It's hard to throw the ball on them. It's hard to convert third downs. The Colts' offensive line is beat up, right? There's a lot of things going for the, in favor of the Browns, yet there was a lot of professional people that loved the Colts. I didn't see it. So for me, I made it in a Hall and Oates play because it's like, okay, I respect the professionals, but I also respect my ability to evaluate football teams, mm-hmm. and I don't see where the Colts score 14 points. I don't see where they get 17 And I think the Browns, if they just are able to run the football effectively like they did last week for 160 yards against a good 49er front, they can win the game. 
So Browns Colts is the official Hollow Notes play of the week. Uh, I can't go for that. No, no, no can do. You know, I love it. You know, to follow up more on that, Michael, is that early in the week, I was finding myself on the side of the of the professionals uh, and looking at Indianapolis. But the more that we progressed this week, the more I hate the play. Now, I put a small bet in at plus three, and I thought that maybe we'd be seeing P.J. Walker once again in this game because we saw the report last week of the multiple more games Deshaun Watson could miss. Sounds like he's doing all right. So he's going to uh, probably start in this game listed as questionable. So I guess things could change, but it looks like we're headed towards Watson playing. I think the side where the professionals and the angle that they're playing here is sort of fading teams off of like big performances and we've kind of seen that so far that's been an underlying theme this season i mean think about how uh, we saw buffalo after they beat miami there everyone's raving about the buffalo bills they go to london they lose outright to the jacksonville jaguars everyone's raving last week about the 49ers destroying the dallas cowboys they go into cleveland game obviously could have gone either way but they lose the game outright as a nine point favorite i think this is because this a lot of this week has been about this browns defense and how good they are the job jim schwartz has done maybe they're riding a little bit too high going from nine and a half point home dog to now laying three three and a half on the road i think that's the angle that the professionals are playing uh, i don't like it as much anymore seeing the injury report play as how it has but hey we have the bet in we got to see what happens on sunday but i think that's the angle that they're playing you know starting on monday i keep track of the line right so the line opens up in this game it opened up at two and a half and it went right away down towards indy it got to two and then there was some one and a halfs and they stayed one and a half, and then it moved back to two. And then once the Watson interview came through, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, yeah. you know, it moved. And then when he, they, people saw him throwing the football, it moved to three, and now it's three and a half. I would not be surprised if it got to four on Sunday tomorrow. I really wouldn't. Because when you sit down and break down the game, you ask yourself the fundamental question, how do the Colts score? So what happened last week against Jacksonville, who does not have as good a defense as the Browns do? Jacksonville said, play tight man-to-man. We're going to pressure Minshew inside. We're going to force to, We're going to take away his rhythm throws. We're not going to give him some easy throws. And we're going to make him have to throw the football to beat us because we're going to play a certain front that is very difficult to run the ball on. We'll mm-hmm. take it to Schwartz, who it's impossible to run the ball on his team. Right. Mm-hmm. And they have three corners that are much better than the three receivers for the Colts. So, like, where do they get their offense from, from a from a scheme standpoint? I get what you're saying, Femi. There's a lot of that. This is a this is a pick based on the schedule, not a pick based on the matchups. Yeah. Which is where I have some issue when I do handicapping, because I always are just constantly thinking of the I'm thinking of the matchups of the teams. I never get into the handicapping of the situations as as professional betters do, which I obviously need to work on. So, but for me, I, I just can't see the Colts scoring more than seventeen points. Yeah, unless I mean, the Colts, unless the unless Watson starts fumbling the ball. And that's the thing. Like, what, what percentage is Deshaun Watson? I think that's why it's it, it's a perfect game for the Hall of Notes. I wish I didn't have a bet in the game, but you can't. Correct that. It's already in there. So we, we got to see what happens tomorrow. Maybe I get lucky and the Colts win this thing. But I think had I gotten a, a mulligan, I think I'd just lay off of this game in general. Just I don't think I'd yeah. want to bet Cleveland off of last week's performance. But I definitely I don't really like where we're sitting with the Colts here as we progress through the week. All right, let's get to the line of the week. The game that you really have your eye on. And that's at Arrowhead Stadium Chargers Chiefs. Well, look, I, you know, when this line came out and I saw it was five and a half or, or f- six, I was shocked because I know that in the in the matchups, these are always close games. I mean, 
the the Chargers went in there and won a game by six in overtime. They should have won it in regulation. They messed around and lost, and and they do, you know. And then the Chiefs won in Los Angeles by six in overtime. Okay, and so the final margin of these games, when it's been Herbert in his seventh career starter, three, three, six, six, and three. So this five and a half or six number didn't seem to make a lot of sense. And then when you peel back the layer and you realize that Herbert's five and one against the spread against this Chief team. Now, I get the Chiefs are playing better than they ever have on defense, but Herbert needs to play better, too. He did not play well last week. I think his finger affected him, which is why I think this line has gone up a little more than it should. I think this line should be around three, three and a half. I think mm. you're getting really good value at five and a half. I, I have it as a closer game than that. So for me, I, I didn't understand it. You know, I do realize the Chargers don't play well in the second half. I know that, you know, that they give up too many, you know, they've been outscored in the second half way too much this year, and, and they don't win a lot of close games. I mean, last year they were outscored in the second half 189 to 141, and they made a playoffs. But yeah. this is a typical time when I think that Staley's team, no fan, plays well. And I'm shocked at it. Now, I know Andy, everybody said, well, Andy Reid coming off a bye and Mahomes. Well, we know Mahomes is a favorite, especially over a field goal, isn't a great play. Yeah, I mean, because the Chiefs are always big favorites to where it's hard to cover those numbers in a league where teams are pretty close together. And this is, I, I, I think you've identified a really good spot here for the Chargers because like this is typically when they're getting a lot of points when you want to back them because they have an awesome quarterback in Justin Herbert, despite what we saw Monday night. Like, that's not Herbert. Like, like he, he was missing wide right. open guys. I, I, like, we would have to see a lot more of that before I change my opinion on Justin Herbert. But yeah. he's, he's a really good quarterback. He's getting five and a half in this spot. Obviously, you wish that you could get six because that six being a key number in the NFL, but there's a reason why you're not getting it because I think that the Chargers are actually the side here in this game, and you got to kind of have to plug Everybody's your nose. Everybody's playing and the, star, the Chargers, but the lump number's not moving, which tells you what you need to know, right? Yeah, that it's also kind of almost a little bit like it, it does. But here, and everybody wants to count on this rest, right? You know, the Chargers, you know, Andy Reid getting rest. Well, when you look at the rest numbers and you study that and you break that down through, you know, our Bet Labs system, right? I mean, with eight days rest. Andy Reid over the last 20 years is 57 and 25 straight up. Mm. But when you add this, when you add the spread in there, he's 11 games over 500 with a tie. When you, when you look at Mahomes on extended rest, beautiful. He's 13 and one, but he's seven and seven against the spread. So I, I think what you have to kind of do is you got to peel it back a little bit. And like, these are always tight games. These are always tight games. Now I get, I get the handicap that I may have to be really careful of is are the how good are the Chiefs defensively? We saw the Jets move the ball on them. We they did. did. They did. We did. You can't deny it. I mean, they did. Now, this Charger offense, here's the biggest problem with this Charger offense that I see. They have the ball 28, 30 minutes. They're only 38% on third down. Last year, they controlled the ball for 30, and 30, 30 minutes, right? And they were much better on third down. So for all the conversation about your guy joystick, they're not really the numbers don't translate to them being this incredible offense. Yeah. We got about 90 seconds left. Let's get to your coordinator battle of the week and the spotlight is on Sunday night football Dolphins Eagles. What I think people realize is Vic Fangio was working for Philly last year, working for Philly in the capacity of explaining the defensive concepts to the offensive coaches. Valuable thing to do. 
And he obviously would help out the defensive coaches too. He was in Miami or wherever he has a second home down there in South Florida, and he was helping them. So he knows this offense really well. And he also knows when you break down this game that if Hertz is under pressure and you can attack the pocket, it, it's a little bit of a different situation. And if you and when he plays against a team that can score points, it, it, it is not very good. They're seven and ten against a team that averages over twenty four points a game, straight up. So wow. when they get into a track meet, you think it favors them, but it really doesn't. The key, and I think Vic knows this, is the key is to pressure hurts. And with Lane Johnson, he's going to play. Cam Jurgens isn't going to play. Maybe there's an opportunity to pressure him inside. Look, I don't like Miami either here because I think when Tua gets pressure inside, mm-hmm. that falls apart. Well, maybe with the wind, maybe you like the under. We're sitting here at 51 and a half. I like the wind. I like Philly because of the wind. I think that's tilted me to Philly the most. Yeah, it's like Tua with the wind and also the interior of the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. I think I would lean towards the Eagles as well. No bet for me. We'll ask our next guest about this game. Howard Eskin of 94 WIP and Philly joins us here on the Lombardi Line. of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafei, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With all 
before major sports in action, there's no better time of the year to be a sports better. And with our new Sports Equinox special, there's no better time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now and get full VEASAN Pro access to everything we do through May 1st for only $120, including daily best bets, unlimited access to our betting splits, plus our exclusive betting content for the MLB playoffs, college football, the rest of the NFL season, March Madness, the NBA and NHL regular seasons, and the NFL Draft. Don't miss this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up now. Welcome back. It's the Lombardi line hanging out on DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi. Matt Humans will be joining us in studio next segment to break down his college football and NFL card. But joining us now to talk Dolphins, Eagles, Sunday Night Football. It's the one and only Howard Eskin of 94 WIP. Eagles reporter, also contributor to Fox 29 out there in the city of brotherly love. Howard, hope all is well. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, I want to, before we get to Sunday Night Football, go back to last week. Eagles suffering their first loss to the New York Jets. Was that just kind of a, a, a blip on the radar or was that sort of that loss kind of giving us a little bit of uh, some of the weaknesses coming to the surface for this Eagles team? Well, anybody that's covered the NFL or is Mike knows been in the NFL. Uh, you always lose the teams you're not supposed to lose to. I, I don't know. Is, is there a reason why? I, I don't know. Were they, did they take it for granted? Well, turnovers were a big part of it. Yeah, I, I think it was a blip uh, because uh, the Eagles have not been playing at the same level they did last year. Well, last year they won 14 games, but they're still a good team. Uh, and the Jets' defense. They're not bad, and they're not a bad – they're actually a good defensive team, so they keep themselves in games. But when you have four turnovers, and the last one was the killer, mm. obviously thrown in the double coverage by Jalen Hurts, you're not going to win a game. I, and I just – they're not that team, and I think Sunday night I, – I, I don't know why, but I think the Eagles – I don't have any question the Eagles are going to win the game on Sunday night. Uh, Howard, what was the thinking? And I know you're you're intimately involved with the team. I see you on the sidelines at every game. What was the thinking throwing there on third and eight? Did they not think they could stop Zach Wilson from going 80 yards to beat him? Well, here's the difference. You said 80 yards. Remember, they would only be if – if they run the ball on the third and eight, you know, you're talking about the end of the game. Uh, if they mm-hmm. run the ball, and, and, and they, get, they, they would have gotten stopped. And then they only have to kick a field goal. Remember, the Jets are only down by two. So when you're aggressive, and that's what Nick Sirianni is, you, you try to put the game away right there. Now, the reality is, uh, and, and so if you don't make it, if the Jets still have like maybe a minute and 20 seconds left uh, to try to get in position to kick a field goal. Uh, Jalen Hurts cannot, cannot throw into double coverage. I mean, that was awful. And that when when the coaches broke it down, that was the really the the worst throw of the day. You know, the other turnovers were different. So he's trying to win the game, and you get a first down, you win the game. And if you, it's incomplete, then you still have to stop him from kicking a field goal. But it's not eighty yards. Remember, it's you only have to kick a field goal in that situation. So you can look at it both ways, and you can take the defense point of view and say, "Oh, just try to stop him," but. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how I would look at it. I understand what he tried to do. It's simple to say either just run the ball and and stop them. But I don't know if it, that that's the way some coaches, I know all coaches would uh, don't approach it that way. So that's the way I, I know that's the way they looked at it. 
We're speaking with Howard Eskin, Eagle sideline reporter, Philadelphia Radio, also 94 WIP, and a contributor to Fox 29. Well, Howard, this game on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, you mentioned how you are confident that the Eagles will win this football game. Why do you think they have such a big advantage going up against this 5-1 and one Dolphins team? You know, when you look at the numbers and you say, all right, the Dolphins' uh, offense is uh, much better than the Eagles. If you take away that 70-point game, they're about the same. When they scored, what was it? Who did they score 70 points against? Denver. Denver, Denver. yeah. yeah. Uh, when you t- if you take away that game, which the, the numbers were just ridiculous, they're really the, at the same level offensively. So you could say, oh, the Dolphins are a much better offense. The Dolphins are a really good offense. But the Eagles can be too. I just think it's something about playing at home. The fact that they lost last week, I think, will be different. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, and I think the Eagles are going to get over 30. Uh, so I, just something about the game. And I don't know why. And the number, I always look at those numbers and I say, you know what, the number's telling me something. Because before the number came out, I said, oh, this might be a pick game because the Eagles lost, the Dolphins are playing great. Comes out at, what, two and a half? And I think today in some places it's up to three. It, it looks yep. too easy to take the Dolphins. That's why they call it gambling. It's not that easy. Howard, talk to us about Lane Johnson. How about Lane Johnson? I know he was, you know, they thought he might miss some time, but now he's not going to. How did he practice, and is he good to go at right tackle? Yeah, he is. I'm telling you, he is one of the most amazing people mentally and physically. And I, you know, and I think it's been documented that he had some mental issues, but he's, he's come through that. Uh, he is as tough as any player, maybe not better than any player, as tough as any player. That's not just an ankle sprain. It's kind of bordering on a high ankle sprain. And we all know that those usually take like two or three weeks He's coming back. I remember seeing him after the game last week in a boot. And I says, you going to be all right? He says, I'll be fine. <laughs> I says, okay. And it's amazing that he's coming back and playing. Yeah, he's going to play. And they obviously need him. They're going to miss the other injury that people are just kind of glossing over. They're going to miss uh, Reed Blankenship at safety. He has done a mm-hmm. really nice job for them this year, and he's not going to play. He's got a rib injury, and I think it's a you know it's a serious rib injury. Not and there's nothing broken there, but and I saw him during the week, and you know he looks fine, but he can't play. Um, I think they're going to miss him more um, uh, than anything that people are thinking about. But Lane Johnson is so. So, so tough. The fact that he played with a groin tear on on both sides on the Super Bowl. Both sides, not just one. We heard one. It was both both left and right side. Is This guy is amazing. And he's going to play. He's going to play. And he's going to be good. I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be good. Yeah, a special player. He's been a special player for the Eagles since he arrived there in 2013 out of Oklahoma. Hell of a player, Lane Johnson. Howard, we've got a few minutes left here. Uh, just I want to kind of get a uh, progress report here on the coordinators because that was a big storyline for Philadelphia throughout the offseason, losing both coordinators to head coaching jobs in Arizona and Indianapolis, respectively. How have Sean Desai and Brian Johnson done, in your opinion here, so far through six games? Well, first I'll tell you what the fans think. They want to blow up both of them. Uh, (laughs) Like they do every coach. It's always the coach's fault. It's never the player's fault. Uh, You know, I I had a caller uh, on the air, and he says, 
Well, you know, it's 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 Brian Johnson's fault, the offensive coordinator, that Jalen Hurts threw the interception in the double coverage. I said, who threw the pass? I'm trying to figure yes. out what position on the field Brian Johnson's playing. <laughs> Sometimes you can't just blame the coordinators. Now, it is Shane Steichen did a really nice job. And obviously with Indianapolis, I think he'll have success out there. Uh, and I, Jonathan Gannon, he got ripped. Everybody wanted to fire him every week. But they always blame the coaches. One of the coaches said to me, yeah, I know out in Philadelphia, and didn't say it publicly, we suck. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> that's, that was the word to use, we suck. So, yeah, we'll see you on Sunday. So they're very confident. But I think Brian Johnson has done a good job. He's not Shane Steichen yet, but he's worked with Jalen Hurts for years before he even got into the pros. You know, he's been associated with him. And and Sean Desai, I think, has done a nice job. He's done a nice job, and he's he's pretty sharp. And the players are doing a nice job, but it always comes down to the players. Players have to take responsibility, and it's so easy to blame the coach. And fans don't want to blame players. They want to blame the coaches. But I, I think they've done a good job at – Obviously, uh, Brian Johnson, I don't know if he needs to do a better job because they all coordinate what the play calls are going to be. So I, I, uh, I, they're not the two guys that left, but I think they've done a good enough job that the Eagles should be able to win. But it comes down to the players. Coming down to the players, final question. We have a little under a minute. Where does okay. James Harden play basketball <laughs> next month? Uh, is Mars or Jupiter a good place? <laughs> I guess. Is that a name of club? <laughs> you know what? I think he's going to be with the 76ers. And this is the joke of the whole thing. Daryl Morey, their president of basketball operations, is a fraud and he's, he's a loser and he's never won anything. He overvalues his players all the time. And he's holding back, and he's just going to hold back. And who knows where James Harden is in Houston now. He hasn't come back for a week. So, But now he's got personal issues that he's got to – so he doesn't get fined. Who knows what's going to happen there. But I don't think he's – I think he's going to be on the 76ers roster. I just – got to just dump his ass. I mean, you just got to dump him and get rid of him. It's, it's no purpose keeping him here. Uh, but Mars and Jupiter would be a good place for him. <laughs> well, <Love> it. <laughs> good luck, Nick Nurse. He is Howard Eskin, 94 WIP Thanks, Eagles reporter at Fox 29 as well. Thanks. Thanks as always, Howard. Matt Humans joins us next in studio here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use promo code VEASAN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out in studio here in downtown Las Vegas at the Circa Resort and Casino. And joining us right now in studio, you see him every single week here on the Lombardi Line in his usual spot. It's our buddy Matt Eumanns, host of VEASAN tonight. You can check that out 9 to midnight Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Also co-host of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Matt, thanks for coming in studio this morning, man. We appreciate you as always. Let's start off with Michigan. We were talking mm-hmm. about it during the break a little bit. 
obviously this week the story has been the sign-stealing reports out there. We know the Michigan staff are currently servicing a, a suspension right now, but you have a play in their game today as they take on the Michigan State Spartans. Yeah, I, I think this uh, sign-stealing uh, story is much ado about nothing for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the, the fact that they're trying to paint this as Jim Harbaugh had no idea this was going on. Hey, there's not, nothing to see here, right? Okay. <laughs> of course he knows what's going on. Uh, but I also, I don't, I don't think this is a controversy. My, my concern today is whether Harbaugh, when you're handicapping this, whether he wants to really stick it to Michigan State as badly as he possibly can and just prove a point to everybody, give everybody, the, you know, the middle finger mm. and uh, win this game by 40. But really, if you look at the Spartans the last couple weeks, they've played much better, uh, especially on the defensive yeah. side of the ball against Iowa, against Rutgers. And uh, I've, I've said this about Harbaugh on a few uh, shows this week. He's had a lot of trouble with Michigan State. In, uh, in eight meetings, he's 2-5-1 and one against the spread. He has lost uh, four games straight up as a seven-point favorite or more. Oh. And... Um, you know, this can be Michigan State Super Bowl because the Spartans are headed nowhere. And um, I, I do think this team's shown enough fight that I took uh, 24 and a half with the Spartans. Well, I mean, if they would have played better in the, in the, on special teams last week against Rutgers, yeah. I mean, what, Rutgers scores 21 points in the fourth to kind of come back on them. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree. One thing I know about Michigan, you know, it's their, they, you don't want to play them in the first half. Because mm -hmm. they always seem like they're in a close game in sure. the first half. Mm -hmm. But then the second half, they just they just dominate. They just impose their physicality on these opponents, and they, they cover these huge numbers. Uh, I mean, Indiana, right? The, right? Indiana was scored first, and next thing you know, it's, what, 56-7 to seven or something like that. So I, I do agree with you. I think that he'll want to – you know, Michigan State has been a thorn in his side, and if he can get it going against them, I definitely think he will uh, – I want to ask you, who's your – if you had to pick a team to be in the Final Four that no one's talking about, who would that be? And who is your sleeper Heisman? I've got two people on the program, the guy you're sitting next to, Mr. Femi, and then I had Tim Murray on today, who are uh -huh. Bo Nix guys because of the number. we got to play the number. You know, I want them to give the number to St. Jude's, but they won't do it. So, like – Tell me who your sleeper candidate is. And if it's Bo Nix, I'm fine with it. I'll just accept it. But I'll remind everybody. You know, I, I actually don't think Bo Nix is a bad bet at, what, about 20 to 1? Is that what you got? Yeah. Tim got 30. I, mean, I have 30 from September, but okay. yeah, around that range. Uh, he's still in it. He did not play poorly. He's not the reason that Oregon lost that game at Washington last week. And the Ducks still have some big games on the schedule. So uh, I'm not going to laugh at their uh, at their play there. Uh, it's hard for me to say J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, is a Heisman-worthy guy right now because the Wolverines have played such a weak schedule. Step up and play yeah. somebody. I think Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback at Oklahoma, and Jordan Travis, quarterback at Florida State, are two guys you have to look seriously at because uh, Gabriel's going to get another shot against Texas, you would think, in the Big 12 championship game. And Jordan Travis and Florida State have a relatively clear path to the playoff. And Travis has got those big receivers. And uh, yeah. I'm really impressed when I watch the Seminoles' offense. And I think those are two sleeper candidates that nobody's really talking about at this point that uh, I would give some credibility to.
We're hanging out with Matt Eumann. You know, and the kid at LSU, too. If LSU was better, I think Jalen Daniels would win this thing. I really do. I like Jaden Daniels. I like Jaden Daniels a lot. Unfortunately, uh, LSU's lost a couple games. And the way the Heisman voting goes, if you lose a couple games, you're out of it. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the philosophy of the way this award's voted on. I think it's kind of a joke. Uh, But... You know, I've, I've we've seen the best player, most outstanding player in college football on an eight and four team not even get considered because his team lost four games, which I think is yeah. asinine. Uh, but anyway, that's why I think the Heisman's an overhyped award. Anyway, um, what was the other part of the question? You, oh, no, that is a sleeper it? team. Oh, sleeper. Do you like? I mean, like, let's just take it. Let's take it from today. Mm-hmm. I know you have Alabama and your and you have USC in a money line. I know you're not a USC guy to win no. the fi- to get in the mm-hmm. final four. But do you, do you realistically think Alabama can? Um, yeah, I think it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, there is a path there for Alabama to get to, the, obviously, get to the SEC championship game and win it. Because I don't think Georgia's that, that good. And I've been saying this since the summer. I think Georgia was uh, ranked and rate, power rated based on its reputation and what, what it did the last two years. And uh, I haven't seen it yet this season. So I think there's a possibility Alabama could sneak in there. And I don't think it's going to happen. But it's possible. I think you're going to see one team from the Big Ten, one from the SEC, probably Florida State out of the ACC because of the path the Seminoles have to get there. And then the fourth playoff spot's going to be up for grabs between the Big 12 or the Pac-12. And it's not going to be stunning if the Pac-12 gets shut out. I'm telling you that right now. And I, I hate to say it. But I'm not going to be stunned if it happens where the Pac-12 gets shut out of the college football playoff. So um, who's the sleeper team? I think, oddly enough, Florida State's a team nobody's uh, talking a lot about. You hear everything about the SEC, the Big Ten's being hyped like crazy, and all the teams at the top of the Pac-12. But Florida State's got a pretty solid resume and um, an offense that you have to respect and a path to the playoff with not much in its way. Look at Florida State's schedule here. At Wake, yeah. at Pitt, Miami and Mario Cristobal, give me a break. Northern <laughs> Alabama, at Florida and Sunbelt Billy. Uh, I, I think that uh, Florida State is going to be a playoff team. So that's probably a team that should be talked about a little bit more. Yeah, no, it feels like we've kind of put Florida State off to the side since they beat Clemson. That was a dramatic game down there in Death Valley, mm-hmm. but they haven't played marquee games, so everyone's just sort of forgotten about how this team is top five in the country and undefeated and also beat up LSU pretty well, bad as well Labor that, Day weekend. That's the thing I think nobody should forget about is Florida State outscored LSU 31-0 in the second half, you know, until LSU <laughs> yeah. got that late touchdown. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Um, you do not have Florida State on your card here today. You do, mm-hmm. though, have... Texas, who Oklahoma beat a couple weeks ago at Red River. Uh, Houston and Texas, an interesting game. Longhorns coming off of the bye after that loss here. How do you see this one playing out? I think it's going to be a shootout. I played a half a unit on Houston plus 23 and a half and a half a unit over the total of 60. And uh, this Houston defense is not going to get a lot of stops. Longhorns had a week off after they lost to Oklahoma. You got to think they're going to come out uh, breathing fire today. But this is a, this is a big game for Houston. You know, uh, this is the last shot at the Longhorns in the Big 12. I think the Cougars have actually shown uh, some improvement the past couple weeks. I really like their quarterback, Don, Dominic Smith, who uh, Dom, Don, Donovan Smith, I think, right? Is that what it is? First name. He uh, transferred from Texas Tech. Dual threat quarterback who's put up really good numbers in this Houston offense has improved, even though Dana Holgerson is uh, one of my least favorite coaches. That's why I kind of split the I split the unit here to kind of cover myself in case Texas puts up uh, forty 
you know, two or 50 points, somewhere in that range. But uh, I think the dog, this is a big number for a home dog in a rivalry type of game that means a lot to Houston. Donovan yeah, how about Minnesota yeah, and yeah. Iowa? You, you like Minnesota taking the three and a half. Do you like the under in this game? Because you can't get any lower. You know, what's interesting is uh, the total was, what, 31 and a half in this game last year, and it was 13 to 10. Uh, <laughs> so we can laugh about how low the total is, but it's so low for a reason. Uh, Michael, you were talking about Michigan State special teams. If you watched the game against Iowa a few weeks ago, that game flipped when the Hawkeyes returned to pump for a touchdown. They were not moving the ball at all offensively. Their quarterback... Uh, Deacon Hill has completed 27 of 70 passes since he took over for Cade McNamara. If you do the math, that's about 36%. It's a joke how bad this Iowa offense is. And I think with a low total, when you got the better quarterback, I got to take the points with the Gophers and P.J. Fleck here, even though this is not a game you're going to want to watch. Hide the women and children. This is going to be ugly. <laughs> Go do something else with your Saturday You know, it's really afternoon. unfair, too. It's really unfair that they put that children's hospital next to the stadium in Iowa City. Yeah. Don't make those kids watch mm-hmm. Iowa football. Seriously. Come on. <laughs> Utah-USC is a marquee game. Alabama-Tennessee also uh-huh. a marquee game. You look like you want to combine these things with the Bama and uh, SC parlay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to lay the points here with uh, Bama or USC, but I think both are pretty good bets to win the game. Uh, you got to think that there's a lot of stuff we could talk about with the USC football program and Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and uh, kind of how soft the Trojans were when they got exposed by Notre Dame a week ago, which did not surprise me that much. But I would think the, the character of that team is going to be tested, and I expect USC to respond. I also think Alabama should beat up a Tennessee team that's not very good offensively with Joe Milton, their quarterback. All right. I know you don't have a play in Penn State, Ohio State, but I want to get your thoughts on it on the other side as well as your NFL card. We'll wrap up the show. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. It's the final segment of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi. We're hanging out with Matt Eumanns here in studio, hanging out with us, giving out his college football card. We'll also get to his NFL card here shortly. But I uh, wanted to get uh, your thoughts here on the big game of the day, Penn State, Ohio State, mm-hmm. kicking off in about 20 minutes in Columbus. Buckeyes, four-point favorites pretty much across the board. Total has ticked up, actually. We we're at 45 and a half to start the show, now 46 and a half here. Uh, I know you don't have a play in this game, but kind of just your thoughts on the biggest game of the day. Well, weather is not going to be a factor. You see those shots from Columbus. It's a nice day. Yeah, so crisp fall day. Uh, then the public likes to bet the over. I tend to think this is going to be a lower scoring game. You know, unless we have defensive or special team scores, it's probably going to stay under. You've got two uh, relatively inexperienced quarterbacks, Kyle McCord, Drew Alar, the uh, Penn State freshman who's averaging 6.8 yards per pass attempt. And uh, really, if you look at the numbers, Penn State's not stretching the field vertically at all with the passing mm-hmm. game. They don't have the big play receivers they've had in the past. They do have a potentially dominant running game with Nicholas Singleton and Catron uh, Allen. Unfortunately, the offensive line is not elite. It's pretty good. It's not great. I think what you're going to see is, uh, again, the Ohio State quarterback, Drew Aller is going to be a lot like Derek Carr. Check down, check down. This is what he's been doing all season. And Penn State's going to try to run the ball, control the clock. It's going to be a game of field position. And I think both play callers are going to be a little bit conservative because they don't want their young quarterback to blow the game. The defenses are good enough that uh, you don't want your quarterback to lose it. And if you look at the Big Ten right now, the top three scoring defenses in the nation are Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. You know, the Buckeyes played the toughest schedule of uh, those three teams. I I tend to think it's going to be a lower scoring game. It's always a little bit of a risky uh, play when you're talking about a total of 46 and a half. But I'm leaning towards a 24-17 type of game that Ohio State probably finds a way to win. I think the spot to play Penn State, I like this Penn State team a lot. I think the spot is going to be November 11th when Michigan comes to Happy Valley. I'm going to be playing Penn State probably against Michigan in that game. Mm. How about the pro card? So, uh-huh. you know, it's kind of an interesting pro card this week, right? I mean, I, I know you went with the Giants plus the three, which to me, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a really smart play. I, I was on Russo on Friday, and it was two, he, for some reason it was two and a half, which didn't make sense, but – I do like it. My only concern with it is if Tyrod gets hurt, you're looking at a Tommy DeVito game, and yeah. I'm not sure that works. But, look, Sam Howell is going to get the crap beat out of him, and he's going to face constant pressure from Don Martindale's defense. Yeah, no doubt about it. And um, 
I, I don't trust Sam Howell as a three-point road favorite. To me, he's very inconsistent so far. You put pressure on him, he's going to make mistakes. I think the Giants are going to come after him. Uh, also, on the other side, what concerns me about the Giants is their offensive line is just injury riddled. It's a patchwork offensive line. But I really like what Tyrod Taylor did Sunday night. He was getting outside the pocket and was making plays. You can say, yeah, it was a 14 to 9 game. But the Giants had two drives that died at the one yard line at the end of the first half and at the end of the game. They should have put up more points against the Buffalo defense Sunday night. Uh, I don't think the Giants should be full three point home dogs here. I took uh, took the number thinking that um, if, the, if the Giants defense can put some pressure on Sam Howell, we should be in a pretty good situation here. And it really doesn't matter to me if it's Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor. I think um, I actually kind of prefer Tyrod a little bit. Mm. Uh, you know, not because he's had more practice time, he's not coming off an injury, and he looked pretty good against the Bills on Sunday night. He can get outside the pocket, which is what you have to do, too, when uh, you got a weak offensive line in front of you. Michael, I had a question for you and Femi. You can check in on this. I think, you know, I've watched the NFL since the 1970s, and I know the popularity of the league is peaking right now, but I think a lot of that has to do with uh, fantasy football and betting and uh, some of the other factors that people, you know, when, when there's a big NFL game on Thursday night or Monday night, the sports book just fills up here. Yeah. You know, if it's a baseball playoff game, nobody cares. So, yeah, the NFL is still king. But, Michael, when I look at the offensive line play, the quarterbacks, some of the coaching, and foremost for me, the officiating. I think this game is over-officiated now to the point where every time there's a big play, you're looking at the screen to see if there's a flag, to see if the play is going to count. I think really the product, the on-field product, is about as poor as I can remember. Uh, I can remember it uh, in my lifetime of watching the NFL. Is that an overreaction? You think or not? I, I think there's elements of truth in that. I think what you see is the fact that the way they've set up the collective bargaining agreement, they've taken away development of offensive and defensive alignment, which hurts the game. You can't have the players in there early. You can't really do a lot of work. And the coaches have no one to blame but themselves. I mean, you know, when I was in, in Oakland, Gruden would start his quarterback camp in the middle of February. There were mm -hmm. no rules. He'd have guys in there and complain that they weren't coming in. You know, it's a long season when you do that. But offensive linemen particularly need to have that. They need to be at the facility starting in February to work on their fundamentals, their techniques. It's become a technique-less league because you have no time to practice. Plus, they've limited practice. One padded practice a week. You can't do it. They wonder why tackling so bad. Yeah. They wonder why all the things that go into player safety get so bad because nobody practices it. So I do think there's an element of truth. I think the officials have always been like this. There's no consistency from one crew to the next. You really can't. I mean, you know, you got Carl Cheffers is going to do the, you know, he's going to do the, the Minnesota game on, on, on night. You got Brad Allen tomorrow night. You know, I search around. Where's my man Scott Novak, you know, because I, I don't like playing his games. You know, I worry about him because he, to quote the great Henry Stram, he's an over-officious jerk, yeah. you know, and so it, it's, it's difficult. He'll be in Seattle. Oh, to do God. that game there, and within the before the clock reaches thirteen minutes, he'll be on TV. <laughs> How about our guy Sean Hockley? He finds his way on TV as well. Uh, he makes sure he gets his his fair share of screen That's time. That's my biggest point, Femi. Is I, I just think yeah. the officials are way too much a part of the game right now. It's just it, there's no flow to the game. I was at the Patriots Raiders game last week, and Brent Musburger and I were sitting there watching. There's a flag on every other play. Is this yeah. too much? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's way too and much. And it's really affected the red zone. Like, you know, they called the holding on uh, the left guard for, for the Raiders down there in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure the kid would have made the play, you know, but they call it his arm was outside. I mean, they call things that they that really not, don't – sometimes they're not really worthy of a call. Right. You know, when you – like the long touchdown run by New England – you know, Hunter Henry got called on that. I mean, he he probably did pull. I've seen it not called. The lineman downfield is the interesting call that's happening now. Yep. They're calling that quite a bit. Yep. And that's a good thing uh-huh. because it really makes it hard to play defense the other way. Yeah. All those RPOs and stuff like that with all the, the linemen, ineligible linemen downfield. You know, that was a huge play. I'm glad he brought that up because when I watched the replay of the Hunter Henry penalty that wiped out the Zeke Elliott touchdown, I said that you don't need to throw a flag on that. You know, there's certain things you can let go. I don't think you had to throw a flag. There's flags thrown on way too many plays where I think the officials just need to look the other way, and uh, it would be better for the flow of the game. And you know that that's what disappoints me. I think there are just a lot of calls made that you could let go, but the officials they want to be a big part of the show too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with all this said, though, we're still going to be glued to it every single Sunday. Of course. <laughs> no question. Of course. I love it. Uh, let's talk about a game that we hope is a really good one. Detroit mm-hmm. against Baltimore. Looks like you're looking to sell high on the Lions here after their 5-1 and one start. Uh, yeah, I am playing the Ravens minus three. Very popular play last night in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational Contest. And uh, I, th- I think what you've seen the Lions do is kind of take advantage of uh, some weaker defenses and a weaker schedule recently during, uh, was it a four-game win streak? And this is probably a tricky spot for the Lions, back-to-back road games after they played the Bucks a week ago. I've got some reasons here why I like the Ravens. It's not – I'm not super confident in the play because I typically don't like Baltimore as a home favorite. I think a year ago the Ravens were 1-6 against the spread as home favorites. But I do like the spot better for the Ravens uh, today. It's trending towards three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. the thing I think that you have what, – what's worrisome is Lamar's – Dynamic. He's sixteen and one straight up against the NFC. But the problem is he didn't cover. And right. I, I'm a little bit with mm-hmm. you. I stayed away from it. I, I wasn't going to play it because you can make the argument for either side in this game. And I was worried about Detroit's running game. Gibbs will play, yeah. according to Campbell. That's a big help because without Campbell, excuse me, without Gibbs and without Montgomery, you know Raymond's not going to be the back that's going to cause many problems for Baltimore. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a class difference, too, between the AFC North and the NFC North. And, um, yeah. you know, the Ravens should be a little, I think, a class above the Lions. We'll see. Yeah, the last four quarterbacks the Lions have played, Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, Baker Mayfield. Not Lamar, superstar. Lamar Jackson, a little no. bit different class than those guys. That does it for us here on the Lombardi Line. Thank you to Tim Murray. Thank you to Howard Eskin. Thank you to you, Matt. You've been joining us Matt. in the studio for two segments here. Thank you to you, Michael. Have fun Thanks, watching Matt. all the games. Good luck Appreciate to the it. Phillies. Tell all the people out there it will be okay. Red October yep. is still on. Thank yeah. you to our producer, Elliot Bowman. need live therapy tonight. Yeah. <laughs> right. Live Bet Saturday is coming up next. Jonathan Von Tobel, Pam Maldonado here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.